Say you go into a court today, an ordinary US law court. There is a very strict etiquette. And if you start laughing, the judge will bang the gavel and threaten contempt of court and all sorts of dire punishments. Because here, everybody has to be serious. It's like on the parade ground. All those Marines lined up, you know, and they salute the flag, and they have to have a very grim expression on them. Serious. And so, uh, in the courts of kings, they have to be serious because kings are afraid of laughter. They're also afraid of being attacked suddenly. So everybody has to <laughs> kneel down. Because if you kneel down or prostrate yourself, you're at a disadvantage. And the king stands or sits at his throne with his bodyguards ranged on either side. See, like that, we've already got the form of a church. The bishop at his throne, his attendant canons and clergy flanking him on either side. And so uh, certain great Catholic cathedrals are called basilica. And basilica, from the Greek basiles or basileus, is the king. So the basilica is the court of the king. The very titles of God in the Bible, king of kings and lord of lords, are of course borrowed from the Persian emperors. The Cyrus, which is the Greek word, kyrios, meaning lord. So the mass begins with the Invocation, Kyrie eleison, Lord have mercy upon us. The titles are borrowed from the Persian emperor, and so the rites that have become associated with Christian religion are reflections of those great autocratic monarchs of the ancient Near East, the Cyruses of Persia, the pharaohs of Egypt, and people like Hammurabi, who were the great Chaldean monarchs. The universe was conceived then as being ruled on a political pattern like that, so that Hammurabi in particular and Moses after him, they were the wise ones who laid down the rules. They were the patriarchs who said, now this is the way everybody's got to behave. And since you can't all agree among yourselves as to what the rules are going to be, I'm going to tell you what to do. And since I'm the toughest guy around here, and I've got these brothers of mine who are pretty tough too. We're going to say, this is the law, see? And you've got to obey. So, this is how we have got, historically, the idea of there being a law of nature. That somebody told nature what to do. For example, a wonderful poem by Father Feeney about bees. God, to some sticky stuff, not yet alive in a hive, said, come, hum, be my bee and buzz as I bid. And sure enough, it was, and it did. <laughs> See, and in the beginning, let there be light. A commandment. So commandment is the fundamental idea. So the, the, the quest of the law of nature is the quest for the true understanding of the word of God. For by the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. What is that word? If we could find out the word of God, here is the idea, you see, we could perform incredible magic. That's why, for example, the name of God in the Bible is not to be uttered except once by the high priest in the Holy of Holies, once a year. 
Otherwise, that name, yod he Vohe in Hebrew, we don't really know how it was pronounced. And Jehovah mixes up those consonants with the vowels of Adonai. And uh, then it's all mixed up in translation. But anyway, the, it, Jehovah is a polite way of saying what can't be said. Because if you know the word, if you know the name of God, you have power. You have the power of God. And so all ancient ideas of magic were based on knowing the names of God. It is said that there are 100 names of God. And 99 are revealed to us. And the camel knows the hundredth name, which is why he looks so snooty. <laughs> but so also, a person uh, in what we now call primitive orders of society are loath to reveal their names.